want to switch the conversation for a bit here to the world of hockey and the NHL specifically. Of course, the NHL now down to its final fours. Uh, final four, the conference finals have been quite interesting. And it's pretty, pretty wild playoffs for the NHL, which is, I suppose, probably what they'd rather be focused on. Uh, they got a situation, though, in Arizona that they need to deal with, uh, a situation that may have finally come to a head. The Arizona Coyotes, previous course, the Phoenix Coyotes, uh, have faced some challenges over the years since relocating from Winnipeg back in, uh, what was that, 96. And there have been times it seemed like maybe their, their time in the desert was up. Uh, they found a way to keep going, in part, I think, because Gary Bettman is very determined to keep the team there. But after last week's vote in Tempe, the rejection by voters of a new arena for the Coyotes in Tempe, Arizona, it looks as though the end may be at hand, as much as the NHL refuses to admit it. Well, joining us for some thoughts on the whole situation, very pleased to welcome the program uh, here this morning, Eric Duhatschek, a senior writer for The Athletic, theathletic.com. Eric, thanks for joining us here this morning. Welcome to the program. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> I know you're getting set to cover uh, the Flames uh, press conference uh, at noon. Just to touch on that, I, I guess it's kind of out of the bag, right? Craig Conroy is going to be the new GM. Yeah, I, yes, that, that that is the news. And uh, you know, my take on that is simply that you know the the people's choice is also the right choice. I mean, the, you know, the Flames are have been in a bit of a muddle for the last uh, month or so uh, after the, the way the season ended, just missing the playoffs after such high expectations going into the, the season, and then you know, first Brad Tree Living leaves, uh, mutual agreement there, and then Daryl Sutter gets fired. So, so it, it, it's really important for them to reestablish credibility, not just in the marketplace in Calgary, but I think in the National Hockey League uh, as a whole. And I think Craig Conroy will do that. I mean, it, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with Barry Trotz about a month and a half ago. He was named the new general manager of the National Predators. And we talked a little bit about what it takes to be a general manager in the National Hockey League, because Barry had never been. He'd been a coach for 30 plus years and had done extremely well well, and, and he said, you know, you can sift through all of the different things that the job requires, but ultimately you have to be a people person and you have to manage people because if, you, if you're good at making trades, you know, someone else can help you out with cap issues and so on and so forth. And so if you look at Craig Conroy and if you deal with him, and most of us have, have dealt with him for more than 20 years since the time that he first came to Calgary as a player, he, he might be the best people person I've ever met in hockey and I've been writing about it for 45 years. No one is more genuine. No one has more energy. No one has, you know, just brings it just brings out an excitement level in, in people and, and it's one of those things where you have to be around him to really appreciate the way he, he just vibrates uh, energy and, and so if you think about all the things that went wrong this year, and a lot of them had to do with the fact that the relationship between the head coach and many of the star players was not very good. The first thing that needs to be rebuilt is the, I hate the word culture, but, but you know, the, 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 there, there has to be uh, a desire to want to play in Calgary, and that desire had evaporated for a lot of players. And so by bringing in Fred Conroy as the general manager, I believe that that will again be the case. People will want to play for him. He, he's a, he'll be a good boss. Yeah. You know how you've, in your working life you've had good bosses and bad bosses and indifferent bosses. And, and, and working for a good boss or a great boss just gets the best out of you, right? Because you know, most of us respond better to the carrot than, than the stick. Well, that, that's Craig Conroy. So I really do believe that this is, is the 
right hire, and I understand why they had to go through the process of interviewing other candidates and 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 you know, reviewing other possibilities. But I think this, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be really good. And he's the, and he'll pick the coach, right? This the so that's why they need to get this done. That's going to be his decision. Sure, exactly. Yeah, and 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 that will be interesting because I, so as part of this announcement, I think most of us believe that Jerome McGinley will be brought in as kind of in an advisory role. I think Jerome is going to coach for another year. The son is going to play next uh, in two seasons in the, for the Oil Kings in Edmonton. And at that point, you know, I think that Jerome will have a, a more active front office role. So the two of them were great teammates together. They're they're really good friends. Um, I think they will complement each other very well. So he'll get some input and advice from uh, from Jerome. Uh, and you know, of course, Don Maloney. Uh, you know, you were talking about Arizona, which we'll get to in a minute. Well, Don had the experience of being the general manager during that period of time when the National Hockey League ran the Coyotes. He's seen everything, uh, but he's a, an experienced calming hand. So I think, you know, they will go through the, you know, the the, the various candidates. There's a good one right here in Calgary because the, the Mitch Love, who coaches the minor league team, uh, he's the two-time AHL coach of the year, and a lot of people see his resume and they think John Cooper, who went on to have a tremendous amount of success in Tampa Bay after being promoted internally there. Um, there's been talk about Alex Tangay, another uh, former player who has uh, ties to both Craig Conroy and Jerome McGinley. Um, very uh, real good chemistry between Alex Tangay and Jerome McGinley when they, they played together. Uh, currently an assistant in, in Detroit, has been coaching in the minors. Uh, a very productive offensive player when he played uh, in Calgary and prior to that in Colorado and won some, some Stanley Cups. Uh, I think the expectation is that the style of hockey will change in, in Calgary. Uh, you know, Daryl Sutter uh, was very much a defense first uh, get the puck in, recover it. Um, you know, it might be a, a bit more of a puck possession style, depending again on on who they hire as a coach. But there are some some really good candidates out there, and so. Uh, but that will for sure be priority number one. You get your coach in place, and then you know, then the next step will be, you know, players' contracts are coming up. You know, who wants to resign? Who wants to stay? Um, you know, so. But but there'll be a to do list, and hiring the new coach will be for sure at the top of the to-do list. Let's talk about the situation in Arizona. And, you know, it's an interesting backdrop. We've got the conference finals. You've got four Southern markets, the interest in all four seems pretty tremendous. You've got the Ottawa Senators, uh, you know, the, the franchise that has had its own issues, but they're up for sale. Just all kinds of interest and, and potentially an astronomical price tag for that franchise. Uh, this is all great, you know, for the NHL, but now they've got this mess in Arizona. So what's your assessment of, of where things are at following this vote in Tempe last week? Yeah, I went in a counterintuitive direction because most of my colleagues uh, went in, in the direction that you suggested in, in the outline to the segment, which is that this has to be the end. It has to be the end. There's just been so many failed ownerships. There's just been so much money poured into the franchise. Uh, um, it, it, you know, when, when a team draws money out of revenue sharing the way Arizona does, that, that has a negative effect on the overall balance sheet of the National Hockey League. And the, I think the players are so 
Association have interest in, in seeing that the situation there resolved. I think some of the other owners in the National Hockey League uh, have an interest in seeing it resolved. But Gary Bettman is so committed to that market. I mean, when you think about, you know, he's been commissioner for 30 years. The team moved there in 1996. And, you know, I guess maybe the best starting point is it was a success in the first half a dozen years if you go strictly by turnstile count because they played at the America West Arena, which is the downtown arena where the Phoenix Suns also play. It was a building that was unsuitable for, for hockey because one entire end was obstructed. You had been constructed for basketball and, and it just wasn't a great fit. But in terms of, of you know, look, I, I mean, I was in there, you know, covering the flames in those days and we were there lots and the building was full. It was boisterous. It was enthusiastic. There were certainly signs that that marketplace, the fifth largest city by population in the United States, could work. The problem was that the downtown building was unsuitable, and when they finally decided to build a building, they built it out in Glendale as part of a, of a, of a real estate project. And anyone that's spending time in, in Phoenix knows that in order to get to that building, especially if you're in Scottsdale, you have to take the ring road. It's a long drive uh, at 5.30 on a Tuesday for a midweek game, you're in traffic for half the time. It, it, it's just not a pleasant place to get to or, or a very accessible location. And then after the game is over, you've got a long drive back. So it just hasn't worked in that building. And so they finally gave up on on it and uh, you know, this year played in a temporary facility uh, with the hopes that they would build a new building in Tempe. So that was turned down by the voters. And, and yet, I, I've always had it in my mind that, that Gary Bevel is just not going to surrender until they explore plans B and C. And, and uh, my understanding is that that is what's going on right now. Now, I don't think that they can do this indefinitely, but they have committed to playing in the Mullet Arena for another year. The or- original plan was to play there a minimum of three years. Um, so uh, until we're prepared, we're not really prepared to drive that final stake into the heart of the franchise until finally we hear from Gary Bettman that enough is enough. I, I really believe that, uh, that, and that isn't going to come anytime soon. But if we get to that point, and that does seem to be the logical outcome, um, then you know there are you know a, a handful of, of very appealing relocation candidates. Houston, for sure, uh, fourth largest city by population in the United States, natural rival to, to Dallas. I think that that's uh, a place that the NHL had hoped for that they would earmark for an expansion team down the road. Um, you made a reference to Ottawa and the price that the Senators will ultimately sell for. So the last two National Hockey League expansion teams, I remember when Vegas came in, they asked $500 million for the team. It was like $500 million for an NHL team. It seemed preposterous. And then four years later, Seattle, $650 million for an NHL team. It seems preposterous. And yet, the number that I'm hearing now is that the next NHL expansion franchises will be $1 billion apiece. And apparently, there, even at that price, there will be interest in Houston, in Atlanta, in some other places, Salt Lake City, Kansas City. So it's a booming business on, on one level. And, um, and one thing about relocating a franchise into a, a, a place like Houston is that it just takes away a great expansion uh, franchise or potential for an expansion franchise and leaves a lot of money on the table. So it uh, will be interesting to see where it goes. Um, if you ask me for a prediction, I think uh, they will be the Houston Arrows in three years' time, but this is not going to be the work of a moment.
Yeah, it's an interesting point because, you know, you got a wealthy NBA owner in Houston, a wealthy NBA owner in Salt Lake, both with some interest in owning teams, a possibility of, you know, down the road, a billion-dollar expansion fee as opposed to them getting a, a team on the cheap right now. That's not an ideal situation for the NHL. So maybe that that is a factor in Gary Bettman's assessment. But let me say this, Eric, and I think, look, Gary Bettman deserves some credit for standing by smaller markets and and not throwing in the towel on markets that have gone through a tough time. And that's included some Canadian markets. But, you know, the writing was on the wall with the Atlanta Thrashers and, you know, that that team had to go. I, I don't know if... I don't know if he's still committed to Arizona in the same way he has been in the past or if this becomes an Atlanta Thrashers situation pretty quickly. Well, the thing about the Thrashers, if you recall, that moved very quickly. There were ownership issues there, a uh, very toxic ownership environment. And uh, and so at, at the point where they did finally say enough is enough, uh, the sale to the to True North uh, and, and the relocation to Winnipeg happened very, very quickly from, you know, really it was a matter of months. And so I don't think that uh, that it will happen that quickly um, because I do think that uh, both the uh, you know the, the current owner and 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 the commissioner's office want to explore possibilities um, you know I haven't done any uh, primary reporting on that but but a former colleague of mine at the athletic Craig Morton Morgan has, has done quite a bit and and uh, his reporting suggests that uh, that there are other uh, possible um, venues that are that are rising to the surface, and then simply the, the the focus was on Tempe because it just seemed to be the most logical place to go, uh, and and I guess they they. They almost they didn't necessarily take it for granted, but they felt that the that the proposal that they'd made, the fact that they would be uh, cleaning up uh, land that needed to be cleaned up, and and that would be creating more than just a hockey building, but but just a, an, an entire uh, real estate play, and and uh, um, you know uh, you know similar to, really similar to what happened in Edmonton. It was, it's more than just a building to house a hockey team. That they felt that this would go through, and so they didn't explore any of these plan B's and C's because they were very confident in, in this outcome. So when the outcome went against them, now they have to go back to the drawing board, as it were, and, and see if any of these plan B's and C's that they sort of had in their back pocket or in a file drawer somewhere, if any of them are viable. And and that's not the work of a moment. So I just think that, that we probably won't get a resolution. And that's why, you know, the one thing that the NHL did after saying that they weren't going to make any statement at all, uh, they confirmed that they that the Coyotes would be playing, you know, at the Mullet Arena on Arizona State University campus for another year, because that then gives them a chance to to work through some some options. And, and somewhere further down the road, uh, if these options don't turn out, then you know, then we can actually have that relocation talk and and, and do it in a, in a meaningful way. Let me just ask you this: because when these issues come up, I think we as Canadians, you know, sort of look at this through a certain lens. Like you know, that that franchise was rightfully ours collectively, mm-hmm. or that you know, there, there should be more Canadian franchises in the NHL. But it just seems, for a lot of reasons, I think. Quebec City's probably a non-starter here. I mean, I, you know, Hamilton, the others, I, I just that doesn't seem realistic. I think. What are your thoughts on the prospects of that? 
Well, I, I think your your assessment is correct. Uh, you know, if the National Hockey League had been interested in, in Quebec City, they would have uh, they would have brought Quebec City in with Vegas because there were only two formal bids in in 2017, and the Quebec City bid, which was financed by Quebec Corps, was fully was fully financed. They had the you know they had the former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney uh, as part of uh, the, the group and uh, as a spokesman for the group, and and they had you know a very deep pocketed Quebec company with you know that that produces cash uh, willing to 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 pay the the, the the expansion fee which would have been at the exchange rate you know at, uh, of that time of around 750 million Canadian and they simply rejected this this viable offer because they felt that it would be unsustainable in in, in that marketplace uh, because it was a, 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 you know such a small community and and though they're very uh, loyal hockey fans they weren't sure if there was the corporate sponsorship to 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 create a viable NHL franchise and the one thing that they don't want and haven't wanted for a while is to have a team that would would simply bleed through revenue sharing revenues at, uh, that the NHL provides you know teams that uh, that have to be propped up so so that was the reason for rejecting Quebec and of course the you know the price tag as we discussed earlier has just gone up and up and up so you're correct uh, Quebec just seems like a like a pipe dream unfortunately and and you know again those of us that covered hockey in Quebec really would would have liked to have seen it work because I do think there's room for a you know NHL equivalent to the Green Bay Packers and and that there should have been a way of of creating you know a, a franchise there but that's not going to happen um, the one you know soapbox that I've been standing on for a long time and this goes back to the days when I was writing a column in the hockey news was I do believe that there's room for a second team in the metropolitan Toronto area um, that you know you can make the intellectual case that if Los Angeles can have two NHL teams the Kings and, and the Ducks and if the metropolitan New York area can have three teams the Rangers the, the, the Devils and the Islanders there's no reason why a market like metropolitan Toronto that stretches from Oshawa at the one end of the Golden Horseshoe all the way down into the, to Niagara uh, you could easily sustain a, a second team there and, and I and, and they just have refused to look at it. I think partly because they don't want to infringe on the Leafs' territorial rights. Partly because they think that it might undermine Buffalo. Because you know there are some people that you know go to Buffalo Sabres game uh, because it's fairly easily accessible from anywhere from Hamilton on on down. But but realistically, you know, I always look back at the example of Major League Baseball from half a century ago. That you know the New York Yankees had this bulletproof brand in Major League Baseball in the same way that the Maple Leaf brand is bulletproof. But there was room in that marketplace for the New York Mets, who came in as an expansion team. And I think the same thing could be said for Toronto. I think you could put a second team in that downtown arena where the Leafs are and share it in the same way that that uh, the building in Los Angeles that used to be called the Staples Center, I think it's a cryptocurrency right now, that, that houses three professional teams, two NBA teams and one NHL team. You can make that work. But there are also other places in the metropolitan Toronto area. You, know, you could put a team in Mississauga. You could put a team... You could put a team, you know, north north of the city. There's lots of viable options for a second team in Toronto, and I think financially that would be a go. You know, because for all of the people that are diehard Leaf fans, there's lots of people that don't like the Leafs and would be very happy to cheer for the Toronto St. Patrick's or whatever a second team would be would be called. So, 
you know, to me, the best hope for one more team in Canada would be a second team in Toronto. And, and I, I just, I, I don't think the current leadership in the NHL is prepared to look at that. At some point, Gary Bettman will retire and step down. If Bill Daly takes over, then I think we'll see a bit more of the same if they decide to go in a new direction. Um, then everything is back on the table uh, with a new regime. Then, then surely they must look, uh, be willing to look at a second team in Toronto. It just feels like they're leaving money on the table there. I think you're right. Much more at theathletic.com. Eric, thanks for your time here this morning. Really appreciate this.